Sometimes you just need to make some extra money. You need some money for the holiday. You need some money for the kids. You need some money for life. You need some money for pizza. You just need to make some extra money. Is it time for a side hustle? Is it time for a little something on the edge? Is it time to try and find a way to plump up those coffers and bring in a few extra pounds or dollars? The extraordinary belongs to those that create it. Rebelling against business plans and debt, rebelling against what society expects of us to build cool businesses, make money, have fun and do good. Let's create something extraordinary together. Welcome to The Rebel Entrepreneur. Welcome back to The Rebel Entrepreneur podcast and always my favourite episodes, I have with me my business partner, Mr. Susio Socio Simon Payne. I bet you say that to all the guests that it's your favourite episodes. <laughs> Don't try and butter me up with your nonsense, Donegan. I tell them that it's a special episode. For you, it's like properly. I always love our episodes together because you, you don't take my abuse. You give me abuse back. Um, <laughs> but we are here to talk about extra money. And uh, I'm holding in front of me a, a bunch of notes that I've just picked up uh, on the black market in Argentina. But don't tell anyone. Um, but it's about like making extra cash. I don't know if you can hear that as I rifle through the notes on the podcast but it's about making extra cash and like whether you've got a job whether you've got a business like you've even considered this Simon occasionally you come to me and say like I'm running rebel business school I need extra money should I launch a side hustle and in general every time I go no focus on the business that's going to make you the most money uh, but it's interesting isn't it we all get that itch sometimes yeah, and sometimes I ignore you and make a bit of extra money on the side, and sometimes I fully focus <laughs> on the business. But you're right, like especially at the moment, Alan. Without you know banging on about what's happening in the world and in the media at the moment, people are worried about money, and some of us, some of us have got this kind of itch for something entrepreneurial because you know it's in our blood. We love coming up with new ideas. We're creative and we want to try something. But for some of us, it's out of necessity. Like it's a necessity driven thing. And I think over the next like few decades, I think we'll see that more and more. I think people will be, you know, it's still fairly unusual to find someone with a side hustle in a company, not in our company. Most people have got one, but, but it, you know, this is about giving people the, the opportunity and a sense of direction and, and a bit of how to, if a side hustle is the thing that's on their mind. So this episode is going to be split into three parts. One, we're going to look at like space for side hustles. How does it work? What happens? Two, we've got some actual practical ideas for you. And then three, we've got when you shouldn't be doing a side hustle because it is not right for everyone. And sometimes it's damaging. Sometimes it just does not help. Uh, so starting right at the top, how do you even fit a side hustle in, Simon? Like you've got three kids a full life, a business, me as your business partner. How do you have time? Never mind how do I have time? How am I not in a hospital? Alan, that's the question <laughs> that we should be asking ourselves. But I suppose like, um, I think, you know, time is a bit of a myth. I think there is always time for something. If you can create the time, it's not about whether the time is available. It's about prioritizing. And if, mm. if you think that uh, it's time to experiment with a side hustle, there is always time. Just look, for example, at the number of minutes, I'm being kind, 
maybe hours per week that you spend falling into an Instagram or TikTok scroll hole. There is time there. Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus. Yeah, set -hmm. your alarm. And if you say, no, no, Simon, I don't watch any Netflix and I don't scroll anything on social media, my time is full. Like, firstly, really? And secondly, set your alarm an hour earlier and stop whinging. Like, let's get on with it. Let's create the time. If it's important, you will find the time, but you might have to sacrifice something else. Well, then you get to energy. Because one of the things I talk about regularly is we've got time, but do we have the the juice, the energy to put into that time? Because you get home after a day's work, and I have been known to in the past, like when we were running the courses, I would just need to sit, just like sit on a couch. I still I do. did not have the energy. <laughs> I don't have the energy to put into it. We had this yesterday, Katie and I. We worked all morning super hard on Chautauqua, the Rebel Finance School. Like, we crushed it. And then come lunchtime, we were spent. I had no physical juice left. And there is a, there, there is an impact on energy here. Yeah, and I think uh, that's triggered two thoughts for me. One is... Uh, pay yourself first and I know that's something that you love when it comes to finance I love this when it comes to energy like if you Mm. if you want to we've had these conversations before haven't we about you know our biorhythm and when we are our most energetic when we're our most productive like for many of us it's first thing like some of us go oh we hate early mornings but let me tell you this the energy that you get the fresh energy after a good night's sleep and a nice breakfast you know is there a way that you can create time and space when your energy levels are likely to be at their highest and choose to, you know, as much as you can within your busy schedule, choose to work on your side hustle during those time periods. So there's something about that. And secondly, I guess, um, and we'll get into this, I'm sure there's a prioritization that happens. And I think the, mm-hmm. the thing that I'm going to say to people is you will have an unrealistic expectation as to what you can achieve in any day or week or month because <laughs> our energy levels get, we get excited for the idea. The idea is that it's that creativity. That's the stuff that we get really buzzed and we get seduced by this incredible idea or series of ideas. You think I'd love to do this. I'd love to do that. But then it comes to the execution. That's the bit and that's the difference. So here's what, here's what we need to do. Whichever idea we end up going with, and I know we'll get into this, just pick one. Just do one. <laughs> you know, stop trying to like do four side hustles at the same time. Yeah, it doesn't work. It really, it really doesn't. And then you just get distracted. You focus on one at the expense of the others. And then you go back to the others and you end up spinning plates rather than actually making any progress on any individual ones. So there's definitely that focus, the energy you apply to the focus. And I love the idea of pay yourself first. Katie and I have been discussing recently in our work days about doing our most important item first. Because if I log on to my email box, I do everyone else's important items first and I lose half the day. Um, If I haven't replied to you, sorry. Uh, But I focus on the things 
Simon's laughing because there's probably like 12 of his emails in there as well. I'm thinking um, to myself, like, I, uh, I'm i fairly convinced that if we were going to have some sort of competition about who hasn't replied to whose emails, it's me that yeah, hasn't replied win. to more yeah. of yours. Yeah. Definitely. 100%. I'm the winner. At least I've won at something at last. <laughs> yeah. um, so building on this, I did want to add, because I think this for me is a really really important concept that I want everyone to get listening to this. The person that wins the business, the person that wins the sales earns the lion's share of the profit, period. Don't care what industry, don't care what it is, sales is what drives it. And I always remember I was part of a a speaker's mastermind and we were talking about putting together this online course And the speaker's mastermind, there was only basically, there was like six or seven of us. Um, There was me who was actually making money out of speaking and one other person. The other five were speakers and incredibly good at it, won the competitions, but they weren't selling. They wanted to focus on creating the content. And I was saying, well, like, who's going to sell it? Who's going to sell this? And they were like, well, it's the content that's important. I'm like, it's not. Because if, if you've got content and it doesn't sell, it's irrelevant. And then we had a big discussion. It didn't go anywhere. And I just went off and sold my own stuff and made all the money for myself. Um, and that might sound harsh, but like the sales is what brings in the business. Without sales, there is nothing. So if you're going on to Uber, Uber is selling and winning the customers. You're not going to get the lion's share of the money. If you're going on to another platform, they are going to take a skim. They're going to take bits. They're bringing the customers in. They're going to take a lion's share of the money. So you have a big decision right up front of do you want to win your own business where you're going to keep a vast majority of the profit or do you want someone else to sell it for you? And it's far easier because you rely on them to bring in the customers, but you are going to end up on a smaller amount of money. Anything to add to that? that thought Simon, because I think it's really critical for people to get. Yeah. And I think what, what that makes me think of Alan is um, it's understanding if you're going to do a side hustle, what are you doing the side hustle for? Is it to fuel mm. your creative energy or is it specifically to make extra dollar? And if, it, if you're making extra money, what does extra money look like for you? Because you could go and work an extra 16, 20, 30 hours a month and fit that in around your job or your business or whatever. Um, but what is the financial benefit of doing that to you? Is it worth your effort and energy? And I think uh, one of the things that I learned from you in the early days, I, I love this. Do you remember when you used to get people to throw bits of paper at you, like, for, like in reverse? So you used to get people to turn around. <laughs> Don't give away all my games. No, 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 it's a, I, no. Screw it, Alan. You're not delivering this stuff anymore. You've sent me out doing it. You've got people that, that are holding screwed up bits of paper and you've got an audience of 100 people and you make them face the biggest dude at the back of the room. <laughs> put the piece Always. of paper in their throwing arm and the guy's looking at you go, what are you doing? I'm going to take you down. And then you say, and now you have to hit me whilst facing the other way. And it always amazes me, apart from the naughty kids in the front row that turn around and then launch bits of paper at your face, like nobody hits you. You cannot hit a target you can't see. So if you if you haven't defined what that magic number is for you, like what am I actually doing this for? What do I hope to gain from it? What's the number? Because that is going to drive the activity. It's going to help you understand what's the business idea that you really want to focus on. 
And I would build on that with have a big enough why and any how becomes possible. Because it's great to have a number and that number, what's it going to get you? Is it paying for the holiday for your kids next year because you can't afford it out of the job anymore? It's paying for Orlando, whatever it is for all the kids and you. Is it paying for your mum's retirement? Is it paying for this? Like, what's the why? What's the juice? Because if you've got a big enough why, you will find a way to make the money. If you don't have a big enough why and you're like, well, I'm quite comfortable on my wage and the couch is quite nice. Um, I don't really need this and you shouldn't bother because you're just torturing yourself and just put it down like stop torturing yourself about running a side hustle and enjoy life is that your mum Simon uh, so it's my alarm going off saying I should be talking to Alan now and if I'm not I'm in the wrong place <laughs> <laughs> so like, um, I guess um, the, the thing that I would add to that Al is um I think that's a really, really key point because when you said stop torturing yourself, it made me go, uh, are you sure you want to do this? Because time is precious and, uh, you know, rest is important and being calm and at peace and resting your mind and resting your body is really key. Now, just before you go and commit yourself to a load more time, let's just ask ourselves two things. Are there time holes that I need to plug and are there money holes that I need to plug? So if you're going to go off and, and start earning money in a, out of a side hustle, let's just make sure that you're being smart with your time. Because I don't know about you, but I found myself being busy for 12 hours and achieving mm -hmm. nothing. And similarly being focused and getting twice the amount of work done in three hours. So can you get some time back that way so that you can create the space that you need in order to rest. And secondly, what is the point of going and adding another thousand pounds, a thousand dollars a month to your income when you're wasting, you know, $500 a month on other stuff. And I know this is something that's key that in your world, Al, you know, the financial independence stuff and your passions about helping people to just get control of their finances. And, I, and I'd say like, before you press the go, let's just, Stop the leaks first. What do you reckon? Plug the holes. Plug the holes. Because I tell you what, it's amazing how many people uh, have leaky financial ships where they're slowly sinking because the cash is leaking out the bottom. Uh, and their answer is to make more rather than plug the holes. And sometimes it's better to plug the holes, stop paying high interest rate credit card debt, stop paying like all these other stuff out, check for subscriptions you've not using, plug the holes. And you might not need the side hustle, you might be able to go, well, actually, I've plugged the holes. I'm financially okay. I'm going to enjoy time with my kids. And that's that a be perfectly good decision. Perfectly that good be decision. amazing? Yeah, you've saved yourself seven, eight, nine hours a month uh, of your life. You've solved the financial problems in another way. And I, I guess I'd add to that, Al. Like, here's a really good um, experiment in sales. And I know you've done this a couple of times over the years, or more than twice, I'm sure. Definitely when you went nomadic is going around the house and selling stuff like teach yourself mm. like relearn what it means to sell go and sell a bunch of stuff that you don't need anymore and and make that starter for 10 you know for the, for whatever the fund is that you're building up if you want to make an extra thousand a month go sell a bunch of stuff first so at least that that, that month is covered you know i love that and it's amazing 
what money you can create out of doing this. And I actually have to read you this. Lisa's on our Rebel Finance School course that we're giving away at the moment. And she said, um, after another inspiring course on Monday, me and my husband took some action. Uh, we'd not realised that a Klarna credit for our daughter's phone had been charging us 15% interest, uh, so cleared the remaining £200 that night. Uh, they had a Zoopla cut loan for their car, interest not that bad at 5.9%, but they managed to switch it to 3.4%, saving £7 a month and £500 interest over the remaining term. I mean, those two things have saved them a lot. That's then they amazing. looked around the house... They sold a sound bar, a dog pram and an old chicken hut and a motorbike and they'd not used since 2019 and added £1,000 to their emergency fund at no cost as they sold it on Facepay. Um, and now they're seriously considering the idea of downsizing the house so they can be no nearly mortgage free and starting to put our money to better use. Like, it's unbelievable. Like, if you, if you get in that mindset and find that energy, it's unbelievable what you can plug, what you can create, what you can find, what you can sell. And, yeah, maybe before launching that. a new business, find the holes first. I've got goosebumps on that one, Al. That's just reminded me. Yes, everybody, sell your chicken hut, sell the motorbike <laughs> you've never ridden, whatever random stuff you've got, like, just get it done. And I think... You know, what's really interesting is like we've started this episode about earning side hustles. I think we've spent like the last sort of 20 minutes or so convincing people not, not, not to, to do it yet. And if at the end of this conversation you go, actually, I hear all of that. I've sold all the stuff I don't need. I've plugged the holes. It's as much about scratching a creative itch as it is about earning cash. What do I do then? Which less actually, because that is the reason for me to do this the money is good but if you can choose something that lights you up the opening question of the rebel business school is what excites you i don't care what it is and when i ask people that question sometimes i get some weird answers and that's okay you can make money doing that too uh, you can make money doing anything the question is what lights you up because if you're doing a side hustle and you're giving up your free time that you could be doing other things with, if it lights you up, then you're getting value of it. Go for it because you're making money, having fun, lighting up, creating value in the world. Like It can be incredible, but it comes from what do you enjoy doing? What lights you up? That's like That is a valuable use of your time. Then you're making money and having fun. Yeah, and I think, I think Al, that's my first... That's my first kind of, uh, that's my first base of a side hustle. I'm, I'm sort of thinking to myself, you know, out of all of the side hustles that I could do, if I can make money doing something that lights me up, that I've got some skills and some knowledge for, there's a good chance if it lights me up, I'm, I'm going to have a unique angle on it. I'm going to have more insight, more knowledge, more experience than other people, just because it excites me. And I've been thinking about it and doing it for longer than most people. Therefore, that's got value to somebody else. And, you know, selling your knowledge, whatever that looks like, whether it's an online course, whether it's a coaching situation, whether it's, a, you know, a, um, a, a book, you know, a download, whatever it is, if I can take the knowledge that I've gained about something that I just, I could talk about this. Here's my one. Here's one. Like I've got a few. But here's my one. Elite facilitation. Like the thing that lights me up 
is getting a bunch of senior people in a room together and solving something complex. And I just love asking the right question at the right time, getting their energy levels up. That's the thing that I know. If I was going to launch a side hustle, it would be focusing in on that. I've got a bunch of knowledge that most people haven't got because I've immersed hours and hours and hours over the last 15 years in that topic in a way that most people haven't. So that to me is huge value because it's it's something that most people don't know and i and i i bet people listening to this have got unique skills unique knowledge either from their career or from their hobbies or from their life experience that they could turn into a piece of content that could be delivered in multiple formats and selling what you know what a cool place to start because I thought, my thought when you were talking about that was, well, if I had to generate a couple of extra grand, I'd run presentation skills courses. Like, I love doing it. Don't get me wrong. I love doing it. It lights me up. It's awesome. And I can get paid a decent amount for doing it. And I've done it. I've got the skills. I did hear the audience saying, that's great for you and Alan. You've been running courses for a long time. I don't have those skills. And you said, well, everyone does have unique and individual skills. And if you're listening to this, you do. We just have to identify them. So I'm going to give you one example and then a question. And the question to think about is what skills, abilities, knowledge do you already have because you love doing it? The challenge with that question is because we love doing it, we don't think it's anything special. So my gorgeous wife, Katie, loves doing spreadsheets and she thinks it's normal for anyone to be able to create a spreadsheet with pivot tables that calculates your financial future. Obviously, anyone can do that. Um, it's not normal. <laughs> but people don't realize where they're good because it's easy to them. So actually, an easy, a better question to answer is, what do you find easy that other people are amazed by? What do you find easy? that other people are amazed by, because people are always amazed by me presenting. And I found it easy, and that's because I had 10 years of practice at it. So what do you find easy? And I guess then, Sudoku, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I can a do a Sudoku, do two minutes and seven seconds, I can do a Sudoku, honestly. People like stare at me like I've invented fire. You know I, mean? I wonder if I can make money out of this. Wait a minute. I've just come up with a Is there a competition? Story. Is there a competition? Um, the example I was going to give everyone actually was a couple of years ago for Christmas, Katie bought me a Christmas present, which was an Indian cooking lesson. And this guy came to our house. We bought the ingredients. He bought the spices. He turned up at our house, uh, used all our pots and pans, we cooked together for three hours. He taught us all the recipes, left us with a little printout. Uh, and then he disappeared and we had a romantic candlelit Indian meal. Most wonderful present. I think he charged like 300 quid, which is not a bad evening work for doing that. And uh, he was in IT beforehand but his grandparents had taught him how to cook Indian food and he was very good at it. And that's what he sold. And you could buy it for Christmases. You could buy it for birthdays. He was making good money so much so he'd quit his IT job. And that was his focus because he enjoyed it. He loved it. So it doesn't have to be like 
facilitating senior leadership teams. It could be an amazing dish you could cook. It could be a photography skill you have. It could be drone flying. If you're amazing at drone flying, launch a drone flying school and run some events and sell some tickets and see if there's a side hustle there. Like we all have skills and that's the beauty of this life. I would just add one piece, which is the more unique the skill is, the more you will get paid for it. Making cupcakes is a skill that a huge amount of people have. And so you're going to get paid less for it. Doesn't mean you can't make money doing it. I'm just saying, like, the more common the skill is, the less likely you are to make good money out of it. The rarer the skill is, the rarer your ability is, the more likely you are supply and demand. I love that. And I think the thing for me about selling what you know I think the real win is that when you sell what you know, you're starting from where you're at, not where you wish you were at. And I mm. see lots of people coming up with business ideas that are, you know, if I had a pound for every time someone said that they've thought of an app that's going to change the world, like we could have retired years ago off of that alone, right? Mm-hmm. So, but but have they got any app development skills? No. Have they ever run a business that develops an app before? No. Do they know all of the other apps in their sector? No. No. They're, they're, they're start, it's a great idea. That doesn't mean to say they should do it just because it's a great idea. And I, and I think the thing for me here is that when you, when you start from where you're at, the time that it will take you to make money is shorter. You're accelerating. Like the, the effort and energy. I remember Gillian Johnsrud. Gillian said this to me a few years ago. We had a great conversation about you know, ideas and creativity and side hustles. And we were chatting about this. She said, the activity that you need to do to deliver the result that you want in any business idea is the same. It doesn't matter what your business idea is. So you might as well start with one that you're closer to. You've got to do the marketing. You've got to do the sales. You've got to deliver the thing that you've sold. It doesn't matter what it is that you do. So start with the thing that you know, because the end game is closer. And I thought that was really insightful. And I think what you said, Al, about every single one of us has got unique skills and knowledge in something, whether it's come from a career, like some of my stuff and your stuff from business or just from hobbies. You know, there are some insanely good chefs out there in the community that have figured out the unique recipe for the best lasagna you'll ever have. That's got value. I don't care whether you've got a cooking qualification or not. I want to learn how to make that. And I guess the the key to turning that into an income is figuring out which delivery mechanism suits you the most. What's the delivery mechanism of that product or service that you think actually, you know, this is an audio thing or it's no, no, it's a physical course. I'm going to turn up and teach someone or they're going to come to me or uh, no, no, it's a digital download. I'm going to put it in a book. It's going to be a six course program that I'm going to deliver online remotely whatever that is and aligning the delivery mechanism with the stuff that you're excited to do, I think is cool. I love that. I would add one final piece to what you said, which is in a world that is increasingly going online, sometimes turning up in person makes you stand up more. Uh, And it's just one to think about. And 
it could be either way, but like doing a cooking course in person can make you stand out more. And after the pan, well, it's not after the pandemic, isn't it? But you know what I mean? Like as we come out-ish, uh, people want to see people. We have a desperate need for connection. Simon's got his fingers crossed. Uh, we're hoping we're coming out of the pandemic. I just had COVID for the second time. Uh, it was not nice. I can highly recommend COVID-2 over COVID-1 though. COVID-1 was before the vaccines existed um covid two in much higher star rating uh <laughs> moving on quickly before i get myself in trouble simon save me let's go to the ideas time. well we've actually like started on the ideas haven't we so we've got like finding a skill selling it what do you know to cook doing that one i'd like to throw in like there are the side hustle apps which are specifically designed for this like uber Deliveroo, the the way you deliver things or drive things um my wife katie did Deliveroo for some time she actually did it instead of going to the gym because for her she was like i want to get fit and the gym costs me to go so why don't I cycle around Basingstoke and deliver food and get paid for getting fit? That was her thing. So if you've got a gym subscription that's costing you £60 a month, cancel it, sign up for Deliveroo and cycle for the same amount of hours and you will be wealthier and fitter. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> it's the most random idea ever, isn't it? But like, why are we paying to get fit? I don't understand that. It's a book written by Dave Trott called Predatory Thinking. That sounds like predatory <laughs> thinking to me. I absolutely love that approach. Yeah, and I think, you know, um, if you haven't got a product that you've made yourself or that you can make yourself, selling someone else's product is a cool way to make extra money out of a side hustle. So, you know, I would ask you this question, what are you into? If you're into gardening, what are your favorite products that, to do with gardening? Is it, you know, is it equipment? Is it lawnmowers? Is it sheds? Is it greenhouses? Is it... Um, you know, planting mechanisms, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. But focusing on the thing that you're excited about, the thing that you that you uh, that you use or that you buy uh, in your own world, talking about that with people, sharing that with people, sticking it as an affiliate link, or getting a commission for every sale that you do. It's so easy to talk with passion about something that you're passionate about. It's really hard if you're not. If you're not excited about what you're selling, then nobody else is going to be. So I do love the idea of flipping. And that's whether you're flipping products, flipping houses, flipping, you're buying stuff on discount in a store and selling it on Amazon or eBay. Uh, when I was at college, my dad was struggling and told me he couldn't give me money to support me going college in the UK is 16 to 18 FYI. So I don't know what that is in American terms, but it wasn't university. It was like 16 to 18. And he said, I can't give you money to pay for your train ticket in and out, um, but I can give you the opportunity to earn. And he said, you can take anything from the store. He had a sportswear store at cost and sell it for more and keep the difference. And so I used to go in with this giant bag round me full of Adidas, Nike, different bits and offer it to people at school. And I was making £1,500 a month when I was, this is a long time ago, when I was a decent amount of money. Um, 
selling stuff and I like it was awesome I was in pizza and I was having a great time what did the teachers um, think of that I can just imagine you hawking your stuff around school earning more money than most of your teachers I can't <laughs> imagine that going down particularly well especially not when I wasn't focused on the work um I <laughs> Yeah, let's not go there. I had the lowest attendance record in the year for the second year at college. I really didn't get on with it. I nearly dropped out. I couldn't do it formally. Can education. I ask you a question? I've never asked you this question. Did any of your teachers become customers? That's a good question. I think the economics teacher bought some stuff. <laughs> you couldn't make it up. <laughs> uh, but I, I hadn't learned like to be weird about it at that stage. I was just like, this is what I have to do. There's no choice. I like either sell some stuff and make some money or I don't have money for the train. I don't have money for my sausage roll at snack time at 11. Like I am going to make some money and that's it. And I basically flipped stuff. So I found someone else's product, did a deal where I got it like just at cost and then made a profit on top so i don't care what it is there is a way to find stuff doesn't have to be your product or service i love that and i think you know over the years I'll, as you know i had a web design business for about 18 months and i've dabbled you know before we started rebel i dabbled with making websites for people and i think that that kind of business model it doesn't have to be web design but if you've got techie skills there's Mm-hmm. gazillions of business owners of all and shapes don't. and sizes that don't have those skills and I think I was very upfront with people I said look here's what I'm going to do I'm going to use a free website builder that I will teach you how to do yourself if you want and I'll do that for free just so you know I'm using a free bit of software and I'm going to build your website for you and then hand it over to you is that okay if it's not that completely makes sense to me but, but what they were paying me for, of course, was my skill. So like my first thought was sell your knowledge. But now what, you're, well, now what I'm selling is my skill. I've got a skill that you don't have that has value to you. I can build a website in you know, the time it, take, it would take you to make fish and chips for your family. So that's got <laughs> value to somebody. Mm-hmm. It so really maybe does. it's web design. Maybe it's graphic design. Maybe you could use one of the free app builders and build a business and app. I know plenty of people that have made an absolute killing with exactly that process. They approach businesses. They say, hey, would you like an app for your business? I use this free bit of software. You get the app that you want. You'll pay me for my time. I love it. I love it. Which kind of brings us on to a set that I did want to talk about, and I'd love to have your opinion on these. You've got a bunch of websites like Fiverr, people per hour, Upwork, where you can sell your skills to other people. What are your thoughts on services like that, Simon? Um, From a buyer's perspective, uh, it's been challenging and it's a bit hit and miss. You might find someone amazing or you might find someone who's not. And it's quite tricky to figure out the difference between the two until it's too late. Um, I have had some, I've had good experiences and bad experiences. I guess going back to your point earlier on, whoever makes the sale makes the most money. And, you know, to actually make a decent amount of money for the time and effort that you put in on sites like that, then um, it's actually quite challenging. And again, your other point about if your unique skills uh, are rare, then you are more likely to make 
um, better money on platforms like that. And I think the people that are doing really well are the ones that are absolutely set up with a formula. You know, they can spend minimum amount of time and churn out a hundred logos a month uh, and they'll make good money out of that. So I've got mixed views on them out. I've got to be honest with you. I love the idea of going uh, direct and finding my own customers. That does require time, energy, investment. But in terms of bang for buck, I can get four or five customers a month and that would be a life-changing number when it comes to a side hustle versus I might have to get 14 or 15 customers a month Mm. to make the same amount of money through a third-party platform. I would say also I've been, well, like I've been helping Patrick, the podcast manager, uh, to use those services to grow his editing business. And he's actually found a lot of success recently. Uh, If you want to listen to that, I was coaching him on how to use those services to sell. Episode 14, season three is about frustrated follow-ups because he was doing what everyone else did on those platforms, which was just people put, I want this job done. And then he would bang out a reply and he'd never hear from them. And that's because that person was getting 100 replies and like, overwhelmed and may or may not go through with it so I taught him how to follow up individually how to connect outside the platform to win the business like how to actually dive through and get the business so there are ways to use it but that is actively where a bunch of people are searching for people to do things for them so have a go if you've got a unique skill if you can pitch it right come up with a system listen to that episode uh, frustrated follow-ups with Patrick episode 14 season three um there is a way to make money doing that there really is sounds like a mini experiment to me Al and that's actually what I wanted to say sort of closing up before we go for when you shouldn't run a high uh, side hustle is for me it's about the speed of the experiment Simon and I think the mistakes I've seen people make recently and had on the show and talked to in real life is they come up with a business idea and then they spend a year trying to make it work, but without really pushing in to make it work. They kind of like do a bit of it, do this. They don't really ask directly for the sale. They put it on social media. They get no information back. They let it go and they spend an entire year doing it. And you need to test these ideas quick. Like get out there, put it everywhere, sell, 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 deliver it, see if you make any money. If it works, awesome, do it again. If it doesn't, change quickly. And I think we get bogged down. It's the speed of iteration that bogs people down and they get trapped, Simon, trapped. Yeah, and I think I've had the same conversation. I've been on a session today with uh, with students and alumni from a business school in the UK that we've been teaching entrepreneurship to. And same conversation. You could spend 12 months perfecting, adjusting, editing, and so on. What you're actually doing is procrastinating on the action mm-hmm. that really needs to happen and the action that really needs to happen is to get out there and sell and start chatting to people and, and and being proactive to put yourself in front of people as many as you can early doors. That thing that you always used to say, invest your time and energy in sales up front in full. Yeah, speed up pay the experiment. price. Yeah. <laughs> and if you speed up the experiment, you'll soon know whether it's a side hustle you want to continue to run. I think 
I have this concept at the moment I'm talking to people about, which is putting themselves in purgatory. And they decide to do, I don't know, whatever it is, Uber or put themselves on people per hour and they do like a few hours a week trying to find things and it doesn't really work and it's a bit painful. But they just do it for a year, Simon. And they spend a year in purgatory of like, it's not really working, but I don't want to admit it's not working and I don't really want to throw myself full in. And then it's just painful. It's just painful. So I, I just want to release you all from purgatory. I just want to release you. Like, stop. If it's not working, stop. Change. If it is working, go harder. If it's not, stop. Please hear me when I say that. If your business idea is not working and you've given it a truly good go, stop and change. The thought that you triggered then, Alan, I was thinking, well, what's the opposite of what Alan just said? Because I just, you know, I like to be country. No, 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 wait. No, no. Don't stop. Start. And mm. the, what I mean by that is you haven't mm. got the right to say that your side hustle isn't working until you've committed properly to doing it. And I think lots of us dabble. And I've done it. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm literally, the reason I know this is that I'm the king the prince, the queen, the princess, the the court jester of dabbling. I've done all of the dabbling and I've dabbled with business ideas for not months, freaking years. Yes. And I haven't properly started. So I love the idea of if you've done it for a bit and you can hand on heart say, I've given this a proper go and you're in purgatory, stop. But if you look in the mirror and you go, I haven't really committed to this. I haven't mm -hmm. really made a decision to take the action that I need to take. Then start first. And if you're not going to start, there's probably a reason. And maybe your why isn't strong enough. Maybe it just doesn't excite you enough. Maybe you're just exploring and, and you need to hunt for the idea that really grabs you by the face. Which makes me think we're either full on or we're not. Like, let's stop being middle ground on this stuff because that's where it causes us problems. Like, let's really throw our time in and go full on or after we've done that, decide not to. So as we wrap up this episode, there are a bunch of situations where people shouldn't actually run side hustles. And I remember after I did my first ever episode on Choose FI, which was about the power of the side hustle, I got a comment in the Facebook group. Well, I didn't get a comment in the Facebook group. There was a comment in the Facebook group. And this bloke was like, I earn good money. I earn like 100 grand a year. I do this. I do that. I've got five kids. I really feel like I should be launching a side hustle as well. And I wrote in there, why? Why do you want to launch a side hustle? You earn good money. You've got kids. You, I, I'm assuming you like them. Um, and want to spend time with them. If you don't, then maybe it's a good way to get away from them, but that's up to you. And he replied saying, why I want to start a side hustle, it's your fault, Alan. You're too inspirational. You're too motivational. Like, I just feel like I should. And I'm like, dude, no, no. Like, he said he liked his kids. Like, spend time with them. An extra 15 grand a year is not going to affect your life. An extra 10 grand a year is not going to affect your life. Like, Choose what you do your time with. And maybe eventually you want to transition out of the job and do something else. But you don't have to do it. Spend your time on what is most 
important to you because it's not all about money. I've got one thought on this, Al. My He's about to thought. say it's all about money. He's about to get the exact <laughs> opposite of what I've said. This is this is my life, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> it's all about money. <laughs> <laughs> the, my one thought on this one is to watch out for the seduction of side hustle, to watch out for the seduction mm-hmm. of a business idea, because uh, if you think that your side hustle, your business idea is going to make you happy, it's not it's going to compound your problems. And the reason I say that is, is lots of people medicate their dissatisfaction with their day job, with their lives, by the the lure of entrepreneurship and the lure of a business idea, right? Now, if stuff ain't working in your life, starting a business is going to compound it because of the amount of time, effort and energy that it takes in order to make it work. Mm. Now, you can mitigate some of the effort that it takes by choosing something that literally lights you up, right? But it will still require effort and energy invested in in advance, in full, without any promise of return. So if I've got my side hustle, that will make me happy because my eight hours a day day job isn't making me happy. Here's what I'd say, before you start the side hustle, go fix some stuff in the day job first. See if you can find a way to adjust your hours, shift your role, maybe even change careers or change companies first. Like get yourself to a place where the other time, effort and energy that you're spending elsewhere in your life is feeding you. It's nourishing your soul so that when you've got, when you get to the side hustle, you're coming at it from a place of maximum energy, not drained. I love that. I love that because if you come out of work lifted, you'll have energy to do something in the evening. If you come out of work destroyed, you're not going to want to do the side hustle afterwards. It's impossible. Um, So before the wrap up and the closing remarks, Simon, what's going on at Rebel at the moment? Rebel Business School. We never really tell anyone about it. I just talk about the podcast and help coach people. Like, What is going on at Rebel over there? Oh, what is Rebel Business School? What's happening? Not much, really. I mean, <laughs> you know, we're changing the way entrepreneurship is taught. Um, we're giving people the skills, the confidence, the knowledge to be successful in life because they don't get it at school, college or university. It's all completely free. We're doing it in seven countries. We've trained over 17,000 people. Even the Queen of England says it's good. Uh, come to our website, <laughs> rebelschool.com, sign up for a free course. I've heard that there's some sort of finance school going on at the moment. Apparently that's helping some folk change their, their relationship with money. Uh, and then we're running courses all over the place. We've never been busier. The team is growing. It really is a white knuckle ride at the moment now. And what's the latest on uh, the reason for changing our name from pop-up business school to rebel business school uh what's the latest on westminster in the building the building is edging closer we're in snagging phase at the moment so all of the little jobs that you know that bit overhangs a bit too much that bit's a bit dangerous that bit needs to be readjusted and so on so we are imminent within a few weeks we will have rebel hq in central london which is absolutely phenomenal and if you think if you go back to 2011 those buckets of coffee that we had about our dream of a business (laughs) school that makes people money instead of costs people money is being realized 
it's actually coming, which is it incredible. Is. And this November will be the 10-year anniversary of when we ran the first course, Simon, I in know. Western Supermare with Michael Williams and Alliance Homes. and I've never eaten so much curry in my life uh, that we did in those two weeks <laughs> in uh, the West Country. All of our business meetings were over a curry. And I love that because... We, we developed the course, we designed it a week or so before, and we went, right, this is the course that we're going to deliver. And of course, as soon as we put it in front of people, we were like, hmm, I think we're going to change tomorrow. People need different <laughs> things. Let's, let's reinvent what we were going to deliver. You know, let's, what do people actually need to hear that's going to make the biggest impact on their lives? And I think those 40 or so people that experienced the first course, we're still in touch with many of them. I think they'd agree we did an all right job. We did an all right job and look where we've got to. Um, so the final closing message to everyone listening, and I really want you to hear this, is avoid get-rich-quick schemes. On the internet, every day I get Facebook ads telling me to sign up to this course on how to make money out of this cryptocurrency or these NFTs or like how to do this or how to do day trading on stocks and shares or how to do currency trading. There are so many get-rich-quick schemes out there. And do you know who the only person who is getting rich quickly out of those schemes are? Mm, I think I can guess, Alan. Tell us. It's the person who's selling them, not the people who's running them. Like, if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. There's been a huge shakedown in all sorts of different areas recently. There was a couple of cryptocurrencies that were paying 19% interest that have gone pop. Everyone's lost their money. Like, where was even that 19% interest coming from? And there was no business model behind it. There was another one. There's a... Uh, NFT type game where you played the game, you grew characters, you sold them, that whole thing collapsed. And uh, it was just a giant Ponzi scheme. It relied on new players coming in, putting in more money so that the old players could get their money in. It always relied on fresh, fresh dollars, fresh pounds. So Very just seductive. please, it's so seductive. Like my call to everyone listening is add real value to the world do something that makes other people's lives better and if you do that consistently over the years and charge for it that is the route to wealth mr payne thank you for coming on the show it is always a pleasure having you here likewise let's do it more al i want to argue with you more bring it I on i feel like we agreed with each other too much on this episode <laughs> even when you said I'm doing the opposite. Uh, thank you for listening to the show. We love every one of you. Thank you for listening. Please take the ideas, take the energy we have, go out there, make money, have fun, do good, and add value to the world, because that's the real way to get wealthy over time. You can have any life you want to. Choose to build something cool. Choose to take action. Choose to work to make your dreams become reality. Stand out, be different, be yourself, be a rebel entrepreneur.